Now let's talk TV. Dom Corey is our movie critic, but he watches TV as well. He's uh, multi-denominational in that sense, <laughs> and he's with me in the Auckland studio. Hi. Hi, Jesse. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, I watched a bit of The Righteous Gemstones when it first came out, and it looked really promising. I just never stuck with it. Tell me all about it. I'm so glad that my first TV review for you guys is timed out for this new season of The Righteous mm. Gemstones, because I think it is one of the most underrated shows on television. A true victim of peak TV. Yeah. You know, we've all got a list of 19 shows we yes, have to yes, watch. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, But this is my number one pick for the most overlooked show at the moment. It's been going for a couple of seasons. It was created by and stars Danny McBride, who has been in a few movies, but is probably best known for his TV stuff. He originally came out with a show called Eastbound and Down. Yeah, I don't know if that ever made it to New Zealand. It did. It played but, on Sky here. Okay. And it was popular in its, within its own sphere. Yeah. And then he followed that up with a show called Vice Principles, which uh-huh. wasn't very well watched at all, but <laughs> brought in Walt Goggins into his uh, purview and Edie Patterson. And this is his subsequent show that is about a family of evangelical preachers and uh, the patriarchs played by John Goodman. Danny McBride plays the eldest son. Then there's uh, Adam, Edie Patterson and Adam Devine as the other adult preacher children. And it's they're this big mega church. And it's kind of ridiculous and over the top, but it's also very wonderful. And it reminds me of the kind of comedies I grew up on, movie comedies, kind of brash in your face, comedy and action and just big characters and big ridiculousness, but also dark and weird Mm. at times and amazing use of music. It's 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 so hard to describe because it's basically just Danny McBride doing his thing. He's, <laughs> he's been doing this kind of show for a while, yeah. and it's very much in his wheelhouse. But it's the largest thing he's ever done. It's got a truly epic scope. Really cool other actors show up in this. It's got... Uh, uh, when you say that it reminds you of some, some of the big movies that you remember, what, what sort of thing are you talking about? I guess I'm thinking about 80s uh, comedies like Caddyshack, and and even stuff like Ghostbusters, just sort of attitude, for, character forward yeah. comedies where uh-huh. the characters were kind of awful, but you kind of liked them the anyway. Kind of the John Candy character. Yeah, 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 totally. Stuff like that. And this this takes that kind of vibe and adds a bit of 70s weirdoness to it. Uh, Danny McBride is a tr- true cinephile. You can sort of see all sorts of interesting influences in there. Oh, is that right? He's got um, his two main collaborators here, are David Gordon Green and Jody Hill, who he's worked with the whole time. David Gordon Green's a acclaimed indie director who made those recent Halloween reboots mm. that Danny McBride wrote, which is kind of weird. Oh, wow. Completely opposite end of the spectrum to the Righteous Gemstones. But I was just going to say completely opposite to his character, right? Cause it, well, absolutely. Remembering from Eastbound and Down, I didn't see too much of that, but he was just like basically a lout, right? Uh, yeah. He's, he had a strange charisma to him. He's he, A lout is correct, but he was the greatest lout in the universe. And that's kind of what Danny McBride does. He makes these reprehensible, awful people, yeah. sympathetic, yeah. but also human on a weird level. I, I remember the um, I, what I really didn't get about Eastbound and Down, the, the, the final scene of episode one was this supposedly climactic moment for him where he takes a girl out on a jet ski and tips her off and starts laughing as Black Betty's going in the background and he's just being about as horrible as he can possibly be. But yeah, yeah, that was that was that was like I said, dark and weird. <laughs> and he's he's not quite as awful as Kenny Powers uh, playing Jesse Gemstone in this, but he's hmm. still pretty bad. And they populate this the edges of the show with some very interesting actors, kind of faces you don't usually see on TV. It's it's 
both gets under my skin and makes me laugh more than anything else. Season three starts tomorrow on Neon and Sky Go. And I've been lucky enough to watch all of season three, and I think it's a masterpiece. Oh, cool. The um, So much TV today feels like a, a stretched out movie. Yeah. But this feels like that in a good way. Yeah. In that I want a five-hour Danny McBride movie. <laughs> Uh, and the idea of a TV show where you're just watching this this kind of collection of um, kind of horrible uh, TV evangelists be nasty to each other and, and to the world. I mean, that was okay for one season, right? But I presume that it's kind of growing a little yeah, bit as a, as a not, TV show too. They're not uh, nasty is probably too strong a word. Mm. What's interesting about this show is it's not really a takedown of televangelism mm-hmm. or Pentecostal churches or mega churches or any of that thing. I think the show's smart enough to know that they kind of don't have to say or do anything yeah. uh, to, to indicate that this is a bad thing. Mm. But it's just sort of chosen as a, an environment in which to explore these families' dynamics and the characters in their lives and to platform weird situations and cool set pieces. Yeah. It's not it's not a um, an endorsement on any level, yeah. uh, but it also isn't too caught up in, in, in pointing out that, you know, these things are bad, and, and and I think it actually respects the audience intelligence in that respect. It would be too, it would be boring if it was just like, can you believe what they're doing this week? Mm. It's more like you're actually invested in the dynamics of the family. Some people like to make the comparison to Succession yeah, because it's thing, about yeah. sort of the next generation of a of a dynasty tr- struggling to take mm. control, and particularly in season three, at the end of season two, John Goodman's character and John Goodman, who can just authenticate any situation he's in no matter how ridiculous he he grounds this whole thing great in a, in a, re, in a really nice way and so uh, this the plot this season is mainly around how the three adult children are not continuing his legacy and aren't doing a good enough job of keeping the gemstone ministries going and yeah and there's also like a militia plot with involving a cousin and uh, who's a survivalist and there's there's all sorts of silly things in here. It just uh, I just think you know this film, this show, this film, the show does not get nearly as much attention yeah. as it deserves. And and you're right, just because there's 20 other shows that we've got down on our list to uh, watch before we get to it. The Righteous Gemstones, a new series about to debut. Yeah, season three starts tomorrow. Uh, available on Neon and Sky Go from tomorrow, episode one, probably one and two, I think actually. And then a new Marvel series. Yeah, Secret Invasion, uh, the latest Disney Plus Marvel show. This one centers around Samuel L. Jackson's character, Nick Fury, and some other characters who showed up in Captain Marvel from a few years ago. It's all about the Skrulls, who are this uh, alien race of green-skinned, long-eared people who in the comic books famously can shapeshift. And appear as other people, and this show's sort of about they've been here this whole time, and and all these prominent politicians are actually scrolls, and it's they're actually more embedded in human society than we could possibly imagine. Sounding quite QAnon at the stage. <laughs> there's a little bit, a few elements of that. Um, the, there's there's good factions and bad factions in, within the scroll, uh, you know, sleeper cell society. And the bad ones are trying to sow um, a war between America and Russia by doing certain things. And Samuel L. Jackson's character is trying to mitigate that. 
Uh, some interesting people show up in this one. Olivia Coleman huh. uh, is in this, yeah. which is kind of weird. She's not in the first few episodes all that much, but she plays of all the a, people you you thought you were safe to assume wouldn't show up in a Marvel franchise. Exactly, and she plays a British intelligence operative, and she's quite fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones yeah. is here, and she's all right. She's really struggled to follow up Khaleesi with anything that kind of gave her as much interesting stuff to do or sort of a role that suited her. Mm. Uh, but my favorite supporting character... It's here, got a Mark Hamill syndrome, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, ben Mendelsohn, you know him, the Australian actor? Mm, uh, uh, going I'll all the way back to like the Henderson kids. And wow, he's been, really? He was the bad guy in Ready Player One. He was in that Netflix show Bloodlines. And oh, Bloodlines, yes. Yeah. Oh, he's a creepy. He can be a creepy actor. I think he's I, in Star Wars as well. Yes, Rogue One villain. He's great. I love that Ben Mendelsohn is a prominent character actor in Hollywood these days. Mm. He and he, I think he's using his Australian accent in this show. I guess some scrolls sound Australian. I just started. Sorry to interrupt your review. Um, Platonic last night. Oh, I'm loving that. So good. Talk about a stretched out movie. That feels like a 2011 movie. Yeah, it does. Doesn't in it? half hour segments, doesn't but, it? I, I really, I'm really enjoying Platonic. Rose Byrne and Seth Rogen. Yes. And I, I think she's doing her Australian accent in that. She's at least elements of it. She's playing an Australian character. They, just don't, they just don't make a thing out of it. Yeah. There's actually a great episode. Uh, I've seen all of that as well. There's a great episode where she m- makes a fool of herself in the office and then tries to pretend it's something that people say in Australia. <laughs> and then some, and another Australian pops on and goes, no, it isn't. <laughs> it's quite a great oh, moment. that's cool. Okay, yes, that's recommended as well. That's by the maker of uh, an underrated show called Friends from College, which I've spoken yeah, about Nick, on the show Nick before. Nick Stoller. Yeah. yeah, he's one of Judd Apatow's kind of uh, guys. He directed Forgetting Sarah Marshall and stuff like uh-huh. that. And I like the world that show exists in. It feels a bit closer to reality than most shows about yeah. uh, people. A- and he is a guy who will just say, okay, here's an idea. Uh, the characters are buying a new home. Uh, and it's a home that used to be um, uh, like a rest home. So they're going in and all the old equipment and alarms and, um, and kitchen cubicles are still there and, and we're just going to wander through the house and look how terrible it is for 10 minutes of a show and it's just hilarious. Yeah, I like I liked that sequence. I like the, the, the dynamic between Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne. I like that it's not about whether or not they're going to hook up. Yeah. It's just about two adult friends yeah, yeah. And, the, and the situations in their lives. And, yeah, Platonic on Apple TV+, Plus. I strongly recommend that Okay, as well. sorry for tangenting you. Anything else it's to say okay. on Secret Invasion? Is it worth a look? Uh, I just I, – it's it's well-produced. I, I When I was looking at the scales in their green alien form, I was like, remember V? These Those mm. green aliens look better. It was a big moment for people our age. Mm. V, mm. the miniseries. Absolutely. Uh, I, I was not dazzled by Secret Invasion. I find – the Marvel stuff to be a bit of a snore these days, especially uh, on the TV side since they uh, sort of brought all the TV back under Kevin Feige's purview for Disney+. Plus. I've skipped a few of them. I, I, people say that uh, uh, Miss Marvel's really good. Mm. I didn't watch the Hawkeye show. Uh, some people are trying to say that Secret Invasion is kind of like Marvel's Andor because it's a bit more... Uh, sort of cold warry and mm-hmm. sort of on the ground. It's not so bombastic. It's more about spies and subterfuge. And the most interesting thing happening here is that Dan- Samuel L. Jackson gets to sink into his character a bit more and not just sort of show up and corral everybody and yell. 
And the show doesn't ignore his race, which uh, tends to happen in a lot of big blockbusters. Okay. He gets uh, him and Don Cheadle, and they talk about being black men in those situations. And that's sort of one of the more interesting things that happened here. It's nice to see him get to sink his teeth into this character a bit as opposed to, you know, just being the mascot. But apart from that, yeah, I was not. It did not grab me. Okay. Dom Corey on TV, Secret Invasion. He's also been reviewing The Righteous Gemstones. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Jesse. Talk to you soon.